which was kind of sad for me. I hope you guys missed me as much as I missed you. But I'm back and better than ever and with an incredible guest this week, Elia Wahlberger. If you're not familiar with Elia, she is the founder and head chef at Feed Your Sister. Feed Your Sister encompasses private in-home meal prep across the New York City area, prep and parties, yearly memberships, and a meal prep coaching program called Modern Meal Prep. Elia has seven years of experience in meal prepping for busy New Yorkers. She also teaches busy, hungry humans how to build a sustainable meal prep routine that works for them and their unique and busy lives in a way that's sustainable and that sticks. I don't know if any of you are familiar with meal prep coaching, but Elia is chock full of tips, chock full of information. We get into the benefits of meal prepping, where to start, so much more. We talk about picky eaters. This is an amazing conversation. I think it's really applicable for anyone who eats. So everyone who poops and everyone who eats. So everyone. And funny story, Elia and I actually met about a month ago on my trip to Portugal. We met at a rooftop bar. It was quite a fun evening. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. So much helpful information and definitely an episode you can go back to month after month or year after year as you hone your meal prepping craft. So have an amazing day and please enjoy. (laughs) Welcome to the Shit Talk Podcast, Elia Wahlberger from Feed Your Sister. How are you? Hi, I'm so good, Liz. How are you? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I'm so good. I'm so excited to have you on. Me too. We have so much to talk about. Yes, so much to talk about. So much shit to talk about. So much shit to talk about. For those of you who didn't listen to the intro, Elia and I met in Portugal on a rooftop. (laughs) I know, such a funny story. I just told my friend and she's like, that's crazy. She's like, you're so good at meeting people. (laughs) I I don't even know how we met each Uh, other. I mean... We just all started talking. My friend started talking to your friend and then I came over and then your friend was like, she has an awesome podcast. And I was like, I want to be on your podcast. Yeah. And then it turned out that you were an RD. So it worked out perfectly. It was perfect. Yeah. I was like, well, what do you do? You're like, I'm a chef and meal prep coach. I'm like, well, that's perfect because I'm a dietitian. So yeah, I'm so excited. Well, I mean, obviously we have a lot to talk about. I have a lot of clients and patients who we talk about meal prep. It's really important for staying on track. It's a great tool for help making healthier choices. It's especially helpful when time is limited. Um, You know, a million things. And you're here to tell us exactly what to do. Before we get into your specialty, I like, I usually like to add some science. So just for the listeners, I did do some research. Of course, I could sit here and tell you meal prep is helpful, but just so you have some some proof. Um, A 2017 study in French adults showed meal planners were more likely to have higher overall food variety, better diet quality, and a higher adherence with nutritional guidelines. And in women, meal planning was associated with lower odds of being overweight and obese. And in men, meal planning was associated with lower odds of being obese. So those are pretty significant takeaways from that study. One other study I looked at showed participants met every Sunday for six weeks to prep healthy weekday lunches and dinners. And by the program's end, participants not only adopted a more balanced diet, but averaged a weight loss of more than three pounds. That's over six weeks. So meal planning, as we know, saves time, money, calories, food waste. It reduces the likelihood of reaching for unhealthy, convenient foods due to decision fatigue or being hangry, low blood sugar. Now we have the master, the meal prep coach and chef, from Feed Your Sister. How did you get into this? 
Oh man. Um, <laughs> so I am a teacher by trade, like the last 20 years of my life, I've been teaching little three and four and five year olds, um, with special needs. And I obviously love cooking. Um, and I'm really passionate about like feeding the ones I love and just entertaining in general. Like I started a blog in 2010 after like about a year I stopped. I wasn't making like any money or anything on it. It just was like, let's start a blog. And I called it, I called it feed your sister. Yeah. Enjoyment. Except I was like making literally baking like recipes, like a lot of recipes, baking them. So like a lot of chocolate, a lot of brownies, a lot of cookies, like nobody to feed because like (laughs) I lived all the way uptown. It was like, you know, well, it wasn't right after college, but you know, like I had to like bribe people to come over to my apartment because I was like on 88th street. (laughs) So, (laughs) So, you know, I spent a lot of money doing that. And then I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I was teaching. And then in 2017, I started through word of mouth, like a family had reached out that the mom was sick with cancer and the dad was like the one that was really in charge of all the food and cooking and getting all, all that in check for their family. And he wanted to spend more time with his, his wife and his son at the time. And so I started cooking for them and it really quickly kind of grew through word of mouth, through Facebook mom groups. Like they're the bomb. <laughs> they're yeah. like, oh my gosh. They're the what bomb. they say goes. Yes. Those mommy bloggers. Those moms are amazing. So thank you all the moms on Facebook. But yeah, and it, it just slowly kind of built. And I was juggling teaching and cooking for people and running around the city, like busting my ass. And, you know, seven years later, I'm like, still doing it. And now I've added the coaching aspect and that kind of came about through the pandemic and just me being just so much more passionate and like figuring out actually like how to meal prep for myself because I'm only one person. And that was always a big issue. Like in my old apartment, I remember just like throwing away so much food because I love to shop for food and I love supermarket shopping and I obviously love food. So I was shopping, like buying like $250 worth of food for like just me, you know? So obviously a lot went to the garbage and I didn't know like how to organize. I didn't know how to, you know, repurpose things, freeze things. Like I just wasn't good at it. And then when I moved to my new apartment, I think like just having more space and in the kitchen and like actually liking my kitchen, which is something I do talk a lot about with clients too, just like being in the kitchen. Like, do you love being in there? And it's a brand, it was basically brand new compared to my other apartment. So like, it's nice. It's, it has more drawers. Like I had like all my utensils literally in one drawer. It was like terrible, but now I love my kitchen and I was able to start cooking again for myself. And, you know, during the pandemic, I really like went on like an organizing craze and turned my cleaning closet into a pantry and got like all the bins and did my fridge. And that like really helped me because you know, living in the city, I have a very small freezer, like super small. And I didn't know how I was going to fit things in there. Like I'd shove everything in there, but now it has like, you know, an organizational setup that really works. I'm allowed, I'm able to put more things in the fridge and freezer than I ever was before. You know, things are lasting longer. And so anyway, long story short, Feed Your Sister is my way of helping busy, hungry humans, um, 
get meal prep, whether it's me cooking for you or you cooking for yourself and me coaching you on how to do it in a modern way that debunks all the myths that you've ever heard of on the internet about meal prep. Um, and I'm sure you can talk a lot about that too, just how boring meal prep is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I, first of all, I love this story. Second, I have a million questions because for me personally, I've done meal prep different times in my life, depending on if I was going into an office or like when I was doing the dietetic internship and like, you don't really have time to go get food and the food's not necessarily healthiest in some of those like cafeterias. And it always worked well for me the way I would do it. But what I try to talk about with clients is, you know, having things ready, healthy things that are easy to access. But what everyone says, same things. One, I don't have the time to prep. Two, I get sick of the food. Three, um, you know, I don't have the recipes. What, where? Basically, like, where do I start? Um, yeah. And, you know, I do hear them like, I understand you can get sick of food. Now, the flip side to that as a dietitian is I'm like, every meal is not going to be, and I've said this before in other episodes, every meal is not you know, a six course Michelin star yeah. meal with like a mousse bouche and a drizzle and a, you know, like with all the, with all the fancy toppings, like first of all, those are very high in calories typically. And second, like the best part of your day should not necessarily be your, all of your meals. Like some meals are special and that's great, but food is fuel. So I try to help people shift their view on food as like, this is the best part of my day to like, this is fueling me, this tastes good, this leaves me feeling energized and satiated and I can move on with my day. Now, but I said a lot. Can I say something? Yeah, yeah. What if, what if you flipped that whole script and was like, you know, after, like, cause I know I actually now get like super excited about, obviously like I'm a chef, fine. Like as a normal person. Like I've seen clients and friends like get excited about learn having a new skill to put into practice, like in the kitchen or yeah. learning how to make rice and then like actually making it multiple times a month. And they just, they're like excited. Like my best friend will call me and be like, oh my God, you, I can't believe I got like tahini. Like I've never bought tahini before. And like, you know, she wanted to learn how to use that. And so it, it can be really overwhelming, obviously. And not taking that away, but it also can be super exciting. And even like the boring meals, like last night, I literally had, was it last night? I don't remember. I had cucumbers cut up with avocado. And then I think I had, uh, yeah, I had like fiber crackers with like turkey on it and mayo and mustard, like as like protein. But the salad was so fucking good. Like, I like, that's all I had in my fridge, like literally a little baby avocado and like baby cucumbers. And I put on it a little bit of soy sauce and a little bit, I had like maybe a tablespoon of like that Thai chili or sweet chili sauce from Trader Joe's. I actually posted about it this week. Anyway, I finished that up. So I finished a condiment. I added some soy sauce, mixed it up. It was so delicious. Like I'm going to make that salad again, like out of nothing, you know? Yeah. No, um, maybe I don't want to be, um, confusing or maybe I was unclear. I love that people are excited. This is what happens. People are not excited to prep and cook. Yeah. They don't know where to start. And that's great when people are excited and that's where you come in. What I'm, ex what, from my perspective, what I was trying to get across is more that people place maybe too much importance on the meal itself. And they have these very high expectations that every meal needs to be elaborate and the most exciting thing. 
And as a dietitian, you know, you work with people, not just on habits, but mindsets, a lot of mind shifts. So, you know, there, not to get too into it, but one, it's like, if a meal has that much importance for you, we need to look at your day and why this meal is holding probably too high of a reward value than it really should. So that's really more of what I was going. I love that you're talking about people getting excited to like, you learn one thing and then you can do a bunch of, a bunch with it, like using a bunch of meals. That's amazing. That's what I want you to help us learn. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I totally agree with you. I think, I think people do think that they need to have like this fancy meal every single night of the week. And I definitely don't believe that. And I don't preach that either. I don't think I tell my clients like, do not make a new recipe every night of the week. Like that's crazy, super overwhelming, super expensive to buy all the little ingredients you need. And then it's also complicated. Like usually the recipes are complicated. And so where to start in my, in my eyes, I think the first thing that you need to do or whoever wants to really get into it, there's a few things to do when you first start. Number one, I would say is getting like a handle of what's in your kitchen, in your pantry, in your fridge, in your freezer, and getting it like cleaned out, kind of starting fresh, not throwing everything away, but there's definitely going to be stuff that you throw away. Even though you, even if you think you have nothing in your fridge that needs to go like, Oh, I cleaned it the other week. Guaranteed. There's at least 10 condiments that are expired. I need to go to the garbage. <laughs> I did this for condiment like graveyard. <laughs> condiment graveyard is something else, but um, yeah, so definitely. And then like the freezer is also another graveyard and the pantry oh, yeah. too. Like, you should know, you should have things in your pantry, but you should also know sort of like a kind of what's in your pantry. You shouldn't have like that many things that you don't know what's in there or that, no. you know, um, so taking inventory, complete like first step, like cleaning out, taking inventory, realizing that you have a problem of like buying a lot of shit that you don't use. Right. And getting rid of the expired things, starting from fresh. Then if you're ready to like cook and you know, you're comfortable in the kitchen and you can kind of like wing it and do like roasted vegetables or just plain grilled chicken or whatever it is. Then I would say, look at your inventory and see if you have the protein, the the carb, the fiber, the vegetables to start with without even going shopping. Cause like you might have frozen, a lot of people like pack frozen vegetables in their freezer and then never use them. Yeah. And they do go bad. They, they yeah. do. Like if you have broccoli in there from like, I don't know how many, like months and months freezer, ago. It freezer gets, burn. Yeah. Like it gets like weird and like you can't use it. So, so you got to start. So I always say like, let's not go shopping and start using what you have. Cause there's so much creativity that could happen with just canned food, dry food, freezer proteins or vegetables, and then like condiments in your fridge. Right or like eggs and, you know, obviously you have to buy a little bit of stuff, but I basically play a game like $50 for like a single person, maybe 75 to a hundred for like a, a family, only buying fresh fruits and vegetables and like eggs and dairy and whatever you might need, but like try to eat what's in your house already. And then once you get through whatever's in the freezer, like all the frozen meals and all the frozen vegetables and all the frozen protein, then we can kind of start like, okay, we're going to go maybe to Costco and buy all the meat you need for like the month, right? Or buy a big box, order a box from, you know, online. 
And then you only, you'll always have those proteins in your freezer. So you, you plan from the freezer, but then you add in whatever vegetable you want for the week with that meal or, you know, whatever you need, you add it in, but you start with your inventory always. So like most people go shopping without knowing anything. And then they come home and they're like, oh, I have three cans of chickpeas. I didn't need to right. buy this. So for my clients, I tell them inventory first, then you you shop from your, in, you shop based on what you need only. So number one, you save money that way. You're not getting doubles of things. You're also saving time because you're not going into the grocery store and wandering around for an hour like people who like to shop do, right. right? Like, so if you're in a time crunch and you don't want to be in the supermarket, you can go in and out, buy your 10 items, $60 later, you're out the door and you only bought what you need and you know everything in your fridge, how it's getting used. Um, so that's, that's like the first step. And then the other, the other thing is just really loving your kitchen. Like I said before, like wanting to be in there, whether it's putting pictures of your family in there or like putting plants in there or lighting a candle that you love, making it feel like home because the kitchen is like the heart of your home. You're feeding your family. It's like the ultimate act of self-care that you can give to yourself, to your family. And like, it's the gathering place in many homes. So, you know, it's where we make memories after work every night and, um, you know, feed your little ones. And it like, obviously it's my favorite place, but, um, you know, so you want to feel like at home there. So, you know, some ideas like candles, plants, like, um, if you're lucky to have a window in there, that's always nice. Mm -hmm. Um, but just like getting something that makes you feel like excited to go into the kitchen and like do it. So if that means organizing your fridge, great. Like I, I love doing that. And I think it really does help, you know, have, make the groceries last longer and makes it beautiful. So you're excited to look into it as opposed to opening the fridge and being like, ah, close, <laughs> you know, right. Like, cause that's scientifically like your mind can't handle all that clutter. Right. And so if you're in like a hangry mode or you're like at the end of the day, you've made a million decisions. You just, the last one you have to make is what's for dinner. Like you're just going to shut that fridge and order in because nothing's Decision. ready. Everything is in plastic all over the place, shoved into the fridge. Like you don't even know what's in there. Right. So I think so. just getting organized, knowing what you have and starting from what you have. And if you don't have anything, I mean, that's, could be great, but also then you have to invest a little bit too to like mm -hmm. have stuff. Right. So step one, you take inventory, you throw out expired foods, you clean it, try to organize as best you can. Step two is get to the grocery store, but don't go crazy. Keep in mind your inventory Yeah. and you know, 50, 60, $75, because the thing is you're just going to create the same environment you just cleaned and you don't want to do that. Right. So, and at the end of the day, like, even if you're a family, you only need like, okay, you need a, a vegetable for Sunday, a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Like maybe it's, maybe it's the same vegetable every night of the week and that's fine, I guess. Um, but like if your kids eat only broccoli, then okay, you're buying like four heads of broccoli for the week and maybe one other vegetable that you and your partner can have or something. You don't have to buy four the following week. Like you just have to buy for now. And like, if you think about it simply, you don't need to spend all this money on like a million things. Obviously it's fun, but. Right. No, it's always fun. 
it's easy to get lost in those aisles, but I like your approach, like coming at it from a place of simplicity. So it's like, get the protein, get your veggie, get your carb. Think for just that week that you're not married to this protein, carb and veggie for the rest of your life. It's just one week. And what are you in the mood for? What's, you know, which produce is in season? What looks good at the grocery store? Perhaps what's on sale that week? There's a lot of ways to help you make those decisions. And then the other thing you touched on was making the kitchen a place you want to be. I think that's something I see a lot of my clients struggle with. Like Mm -hmm. they don't have the time, they're tired, they don't want to do it. And I, I hear all those things, but it is important to shift the way you view the kitchen. Like if you only view it as work, you're going to walk in there dragging your heels, annoyed, not open to the possibilities of meal prepping and all of that. So I I like all of your suggestions, suggestions, pictures of your family or loved ones, um, a candle. If you have a window, like dressing up the window. Me personally, my kitchen is like pretty big for a Manhattan apartment. So I have like a few different nooks and like, I have like one with like my travel things, like a, I, um, like ceramics from Italy, my hydration station with like all of my different, um, electrolytes, excuse me. I have one with like the office supply. So I know that's not standard, not everyone, you know, everyone's kitchen's different, but I'm just throwing these out there for people to get ideas. Like what do you enjoy? What's important to you? Like try to put things in there to make it a more positive or like even one with just your supplements. Like, Oh, I won't forget to take them. I leave them out. Yeah. They're in the corner, like something happy. Yeah. And that actually brings me to two things. So what you said about the vitamins. So in my ebook that I told you about, it's called everything but the kitchen sink. It's like 80 plus pages of like basically a little bit of everything that I talk about. Like all where can everyone, where can I, I'll link to everything in the show notes, but where can everyone find your ebook? So you can buy my ebook on my website. I have, um, actually have like, that's like the main ebook, but then there's some other little, like other things that you can buy, like recordings of cooking meal prep classes with the companion of like the recipe booklets. Um, there's some other stuff there, but the ebook is great. Number one, it has um, a lot, my pantry staple list and my freezer staple list so that you can, Ooh. you can make meals from your freezer and your pantry. It also has five, I think it's five things to do at night, like a nighttime routine. And one of them is the vitamins is taking out your vitamins the night before. And also the other things I talk about is like kind of going through your fridge and planning out your breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the night for the next day so that you can take take out what needs to defrost from the freezer and you don't have to do it last minute and like have to order in because it's not defrosted yet. So I do that a lot. Like I just talk to my fridge basically and myself <laughs> like every mm-hmm. night, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have this yogurt for breakfast and then I cut up berries and then I'll have a little granola and then lunch I'll, I'm on the go. So I'm going to make a sandwich and then dinner, here's what I'm having for dinner. And I kind of like categorize it on the shelf in my fridge so that like, this is all the things I need for tomorrow. Right. Um, but it really helps you get like a very smooth morning because if you're rushing in the morning to make breakfast, make kids lunch, take your medicine, shower, get dressed, get the kids out the door, put shoes on. I mean, like you're never going to get it all done in time, right. right? Like kids are slow, you know, 
And so <laughs> it's true. Like, yeah, they forget things, tie my shoes. Right. Oh, no. Well, if you have your if you have your keys, your AirPods, your coffee cup ready to go, your yeah. your medicine ready to go and your breakfast, lunch and dinner ready to go. And the kids too, like grab it and you're out the door. Like a lot of time have to worry about getting dressed. Right. <laughs> basically. So I do think that that really helps move the needle, like having that smoother morning so that you're like more calm. Um, and the other thing about like a lot of people think that meal prep is like a dreaded chore, which I'm here to tell you that it can be enjoyable when you love your kitchen, when you're organized, when you have support or, you know, a community to like lean on. And also you can, it's called habit stacking. Have you ever heard of that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of so, course. Yeah. <laughs> so like for people who really don't love to like cook, you know, maybe they're not going to make adventurous recipes and, and that's fine. Like I have simple but delicious recipes, you know, that like might sound boring, but actually like everyone like loves them, you know, like a turkey burger. Like how boring is that? But yeah. you can change up the seasonings and, and you can freeze them and you can pop them out for lunch and and like I everyone's like, I love the turkey burgers. They're on, we're, they're on repeat every week now, you know, and it's just like a staple, but it's easy. So you can whip it up, but habit stacking, like, you know, washing the dishes and listening to a podcast or, um, just having a, your show on your laptop in the kitchen while you're cooking. Um, and that like helps you bridge the gap from like something non-enjoyable to doing something, more like listening to something enjoyable while doing something that's not so enjoyable, maybe. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I work on habit stacking a lot with people for all different wellness routines, but it's an excellent suggestion in this case. Cause it's like, say you're not so into cooking, not so into the kitchen, like you're not there yet. But like you said, you have a podcast you love. So like for me personally, like I listen to crime junkie every Monday night. Say you're listening to Shit Talk because it drops on Mondays and you love shit, the Shit Talk podcast. But so every Monday evening, your routine could be, I'm going to put on this podcast. I'm going to prep some things for the week. Right. And while you're listening, you're prepping and it becomes a routine or your Monday night show or whatever. The thing is, it's easy to say, no, I don't want to do it. No, it's not fun. I hear that. And yes, it's an adjustment and change takes time. But little tweaks here and there and then it becomes a part of your routine and it's not a burden and it's not daunting and it really makes the difference between a if you're trying to lose weight like actually losing the weight and b your time like yeah. decision fatigue is real you mentioned like you get home you're exhausted from the day you're hungry now you have to choose you know what to eat and people oftentimes order in or reach for something unhealthy and like i get it it's decision fatigue is real you don't want to make the choice forget about prepping you don't even want to decide yes. what to have but so when you have things healthy ready to go there and this is what i always say to people if it's there you'll eat it like you're not necessarily anti-veggie you just don't feel like chopping it up and seasoning it and roasting it right now right and that's okay too like so something new i'm coming out with and actually in my master class that's coming up next Wednesday. Oh my God. You have, Elia has so much content, everyone. I'm going to link to everything in the show notes, but you have to go to feed your sister her on Instagram, the website. I mean, I was perusing the eBooks. It's so impressive. So much content. Thank you. So the master class is all about fine. Cause I, cause the biggest thing is overwhelm decision fatigue and obviously the excuse of not having time. We all have time. To me, it's right. a matter of priorities. And if you're already seeing or working with a dietitian, like that is your priority. So you better make sure that meal prep is part of that, right? Like 
you I mean, I guess you can lose weight by eating out three times a week, but you won't have any fun doing that either. Like that's not going to be fun for you. So why not learn a new life skill and like make it a habit that's actually good for you, your family, your wallet, the planet, you know, like all, all the things. And it does, it trickles into every part of your life, your sleep hygiene, your, your energy, like filling your own cup first before others. Like there's just so much. And it really can change your life like completely, but I don't remember what I was going to say. Yeah. No, no, I think I just think it's, it's such an excuse. And like the amount of time, especially in New York that you use up after work to decide what you're going to order in and then you wait for the order and then you get the order and it's like, whatever it is, that's like a two hour situation. Yeah. It's too much. It's and too much. It's so time. expensive. It's yeah. It's not efficient with your, it's not economically efficient. It's not time efficient. It's just like, like I said, I understand change takes time. This may not be exciting to some people, but making little tweaks week after week, it's going to become a part of your routine. You're going to look forward to it. It's going to be done quickly. Like I could tell you for me, example, I used to meal prep lunches for work. So what I would do, you can give me your professional critique on this. What I would do is Sunday evenings, I would prepare salad for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So for that, I wouldn't put the dressing on, but it would be like my spinach base, the protein, whatever, whatever veggies I wanted, maybe a piece of fruit. Um, and maybe like some sort of gluten-free cracker or I don't know, treat, like it depends. It would depend what I had that week. Like a snack. Right. Exactly. But I would have that, do that Sunday, make three of them. Mm -hmm. Then Wednesday evening, I'd come home and I would make two more of the same, or I mean different if I wanted, but those are the ingredients I had. So I would do two more for Thursday and Friday. And that was it. And it literally on Sunday would take me 15 minutes. Yeah. And on Wednesday, like even less, like it was not a huge amount of time and the reward was very great. Yeah. This is what I was going to say. So starting small, like you said, like starting with one meal, whether it's lunch, breakfast, dinner. Now there's, so what I was going to say in my master class, I'm going to be talking about how to make the time that you do have efficient for meal prep. Like you can, there's so many different kinds of, types of meal preppers. So yeah. you just said, I call that the mini meal prepper because you're mini, okay. you're doing like a mini meal prep on Sunday and then you're halfway through the week, you're on empty, you're doing another mini meal prep to get you through the end of the week, right? Or if you're a family and you stay home all weekend with a baby or whatever, you, you continue into the weekend, right? And then you do it again on Sunday. But there's other kinds of meal preppers. There's like the one and doneer. There's like, right. you know, you do it on a Sunday or a Monday morning and you're done for the week. And that like, obviously that's like what everyone thinks of as meal prep, but meal prep is anything that helps you prepare for the week ahead. That Absolutely. also can just mean washing all your vegetables and, and fruit. Like when I take something out of my fridge, I know it's already washed and that's like eliminates a step. That mm-hmm. also could mean making dressings for your bag salad. Like you can get the salad kits. Maybe you don't eat that dressing because it has like a lot of sugar or something and you want something a little healthier. Make your own dressing for the week in a big jar. That's something you can do on Sunday night. Overnight oats or oatmeal in general, totally easy to make, you know? Egg egg sandwiches, you can freeze. Peanut butter and jelly for lunch, you can freeze those. Like you can make a bunch of them with your kids, with your partner and like just freeze them and then you know 
take them out defrosted by lunch and you don't have to even make your kids lunch. Fun trick about peanut butter and jelly if you have kids, (laughs) which neither of us do, but um, (laughs) spreading like, I don't know, chia might be hard, but flax seeds, flax seed meal in, in between. Yum. So they don't even know it's there or like hemp seeds. Omega threes and fiber. Or hemp seeds because they're like little nuts. Um, That's a fun fact. Fun that sounds delicious. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So just starting with the one thing. And also you can get help from the store. You don't have to make all the sauces. You can just make, Absolutely. especially now in the summer and like fall, even winter, people barbecue. Like if you have a barbecue, take advantage of that because you can literally make a whole week of meals on your barbecue. Yeah. And it's like veggies, the tastiest thing. And then you can throw those veggie veggies into a salad into a pasta salad one day or a hot pasta. You could, you can eat it on the side of whatever protein you made. You can put it in a frittata. You can even make it a savory oatmeal for dinner one night, yeah. like add it on polenta there's, and then just like a, a sauce. Um, so get help from the store. If you, if you can afford it and, and that's, what's going to make your life easy, then do that. And also supermarket delivery is like the new thing. So you don't even have to go to the store at this point, right? right? Like it might cost you an extra $7, but you can get the yearly pass or it might be worth it for you to not spend that hour driving back and forth and like doing that whole thing. So. Right. It's also, I find easy to get lost in the grocery store. So one thing I really appreciate about when I do fresh direct or whole foods delivery is I know what I need and I search for it and I add it to the cart rather than like going aisle by aisle and discovering all these things I didn't know I needed. Like it takes more time and I end up spending more money when I go to the store, even though I'm paying for a tip and a delivery fee, I still pay less. Cause you're buying unnecessary, you're buying unnecessary things. Yeah. Right. Don't take me to Trader Joe's. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I think it's easy to get caught up. So I think if someone has the time and it brings them a lot of joy to go to the grocery store, I think that's great and you should do it. If you don't necessarily have the time and it's stressful and overwhelming, do grocery delivery. And like you said, utilize what they have. So as a dietitian, I always recommend to people, if you can afford it, get the pre-topped veggies, get the pre-steamed brown rice or quinoa. Like there's no shame in that. Do what is actually going to help you get your goal. Eat that food. Yeah. Like if you know buying um, dry goods like rice or quinoa and you're never going to make it, it's going to sit there, then it's useless. Don't bother. But if you buy a prepared and you know you'll eat it, great. Then buy a prepared. And to your point of starting small, I mean, that I work with that with people from every topic, but especially in this topic, like don't think, okay, I'm meal prepping. Now I need to meal prep every meal for the next two weeks. Like, no, start with breakfast. Why don't you try meal prepping breakfast for three days next week and see how it goes. That went well. Okay. Why don't you do five days? You liked that. Okay. Now let's add in lunch for those five days. Like people bite off more than they can chew. And I apologize for the pun because it's corny, but I mean it seriously. Like instead of doing that, like try it once and see how it goes. You're going to enjoy it and it's going to feel better, less stressful, better use your time. And you're going to like that. You're going to like the way it feels having it prepped. And that's motivating in and of itself because you know how much time you saved and how much less stress you were experiencing because you're like, oh my God, meal's done. I don't have to think about it. It's there. Awesome. Good to go. Like that's an amazing feeling. Totally. And I think like those two hours after work, like if you get home at, you know, six, five, whatever time you get off of work and you come home and you have a family with kids, like 
those two hours, you know, I mean, I don't know firsthand, but I know secondhand that those, those two, three hours before bedtime are like, you want to pull your hair out. So the, the least you can do, forget about cooking. It's even more so about the plan. Like just have a plan because like another kind of prepper that you could be is like, I call it the Euro prepper where like, they actually like to cook, right? They yeah. some some moms and dads love to cook and they want to cook fresh every night. They don't want to eat reheated foods. So on their way home from work, they stop and get one protein, one vegetable, whatever rice or potato or something like that. And that's what's for dinner that night. And and maybe they can whip it up quickly or maybe it takes them 2 hours but they enjoy it, so that's fine, but they had the plan. Right. Like, once you have the plan in place, I think that's like the the big shift because you have what's what you need in your house, right? Hopefully it's washed and like cut up already. And you did a little bit of that, but then all you have to do is kind of throw it on a sheet pan, throw it in a pan, throw it in a baking dish, like whatever method you're going to do, that should only really take like a half hour. Right. Or less. It probably could be less. Um, so, you know, you can really, there's just so many kinds of prepping. And, and even if you're like, you know, in a busy season and you're like the one and doneer and you're prepping for the whole week, next month you might be traveling a lot. And like, maybe you're going to be that kind of prepper that only preps for three days and then you're off the rest of the week. Like, right. obviously life will throw, you know, things at us. Life happens. Yeah, yeah, life happens. And you have to know how to meal prep around all those things. And so that's what I really work with my clients on is like, you know, one of my clients, her, her, I think, I forget if it was her mom, her dad, I don't know. One of her parents died. (laughs) Oh yeah. No. So my client had a loss in her family and she was like, I'm so thankful that you prepared me to have something in the fridge, in the freezer for when we return, because that Sunday night, like who wanted to cook? Right. So like all they needed to do was pull out the lasagna and put it in the oven. And they had a nice warm meal that was comforting and then she could think about meal prep like the next day and start right. you know, from prep. But when you have the skills of meal prepping and you and the habit and the routine down, you actually you kind of come in and out of it like through life's ups and downs, right? Like right. it's not something I do. I literally haven't meal prepped in two weeks, but like I've been eating at home. I still haven't ordered in. I'm trying to like eat what I have, make random things. But like you know, I have groceries coming on Sunday and you know, I'm excited. And I think I am going to do like more of a meal prep, but I've been winging it and it's fine. But if you don't know how, if you don't have all those skills under your belt, like you can't wing it, you have to plan ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a malleable skill. So once you feel confident doing it and you can take the 10 minutes on Sunday to plan for your week, you know, okay, this week I'm meal prepping two dinners and one lunch, then a different week. Okay. I'm meal prepping everything. Like you're able to actually utilize the skill set for what makes sense in that moment. Like it's not, a, it's not a like rigid dry, yeah. skill. You don't have to do the same thing every week. It doesn't have to be the same exact schedule every week. It's really based on your schedule, your family schedule and what's mm-hmm. going on. And that's really why it's such a superpower because you can do it anytime and you can do it to accommodate whatever's going on in your life at that time. Yeah. And just to speak a little more to your point on planning, like, that's really what I work with people on. Even if it's just working out, like 
things outside of food, but it's all in the planning. If you have it scheduled in your calendar, if you have it written down in your agenda, if you have a dedicated time every week to be doing something, it's much more likely to happen. You're much more likely to actually adhere to the plan. Now, if you don't do that and you need to start reminding yourself or you're trying to implement a new habit, you know, write it down, have reminders in your phone, have reminders to make that grocery order, whatever you need to do to support yourself. Yeah. It might take a little getting used to like anything new, but then it just becomes second nature and that's the routine. Yeah. And that's where the exciting parts happen. Like when that's when you become like, you're like, you feel like you're a Michelin star chef, even though, even though you just literally whipped, like you whipped up something at home. But if you've never done that before, you're like, Oh my gosh, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's feel great. And then, and then like your kids are like, wow, mom, I really like that dish. Like, can we make that again? You know, like it, it becomes like, again, it trickles into every single thing. And I, what I really love about it is like, without even trying, we're helping the planet too. Like it's love for yourself, love for your family and love for the planet. Like absolutely reduces a lot of waste. Also to your point before. So it clearly, you know, you get confidence, the better you become at it. If your kids are giving you compliments and they like it, whatever, what are some things or anything specific that you work on with people to build their confidence in the kitchen? So, um, I think what makes people not confident in the kitchen is I think looking at a recipe, like if somebody's like, make this recipe, it's so good. And if you're not like a, if you're a novice cook, a novice cook, you will look at that recipe and be like, whoa, there's too many ingredients, too many steps, right? So how I help my clients is number one, I've already like tried a bunch, a million recipes because I cook every week and I'm always cooking new things because my clients get bored. I get bored. Like, you know, so I, I have like my own resources for recipes and like I can go on Google and find a recipe and then like tell my client, okay, skip this step. You don't need to do this. You don't need to separate this. Instead of frying it on a pan and making a big mess, let's just bake it in the oven. It's going to be fine. You know, so I kind of coach them through and like they are able to make the recipe with my notes or even with me live, like on Zoom, I do prepping parties every month. So that's a great place to come um, if you're somebody who likes to try new recipes but gets scared and doesn't have that confidence. Like, you'll make the recipe with me first. And then if you like it and your family enjoys it, then then you have all the tips and tricks and you know, know how to make it on your own and you can feel confident. Like, you know, my like so many people like have never made a soup before. And like, I love teaching soup because it's like, it's such an easy thing to make. And like, you don't need a recipe. Like, it's so simple, but it's overwhelming for a lot of people. But like the minute they do it, then you can, like I had a client who literally made soup every week. She loved it. She's like, I've never made soup before. Um, So I think it's more about the exposure and like getting them exposed to making the recipe or cooking it once. So having me in person showing you or on Zoom in a group showing you. Yeah. So prep and party is really fun because I actually do all the decision-making for you and it's recently switched. So I, if, when you sign up, you get like a whole booklet with the recipes and the grocery list per each recipe. So if you don't want to do one recipe, you can omit like that whole bulk of ingredients. Um, 
and we cook along together. So we make, we do the whole meal prep for the week in, in two hours. Wow. Because so number one, you're, you're gaining momentum because a lot of people don't have the momentum to cook and like for a long period of time. And also like, right. Like you're not, if some, if you've never cooked before, like there's no way you could get through all these recipes in two hours, but because I'm coaching you and guiding you and doing shortcuts, you're able to feel amazing after two hours. Like, whoa, I can't believe I just did all that in two hours. And we even clean in the two hours. So you're not even left with a messy kitchen. If you're like, if you have it under, if you have it under control. Yeah. That's impressive. So it's really fun. And, you know, I don't believe in one size fits all meal plans and I'm sure you don't either, but. Oh my God. No. And I, you know, but like, that's what people want. And so that's why I started, I'm starting this with the meal plan because I want them to come. And I also want them to know that like, you can make these recipes and they are easy. They are delicious. Um, and we can make them unique to you and your family's needs if necessary. And you can come to office hours and I can walk you through what changes you'll need to make. And even on the call, we'll talk through like, Oh, I'm doing salmon instead of cod or whatever it is. So it's really like, it's like $40 for coaching basically like three times in two weeks span. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That sounds so fun. Um, It's really fun and I'm really excited about it. I already have, nine members so you can become like a member and have like the 12 months for like a cheaper price or you could pay to drop in and try it out and if you like it then you can become a member um but i'm really excited about it because i think that's like where people really see the game like the change yeah they need to put the as we would say in nutrition you need to put the theory into practice so they need to actually it's one thing to say you're gonna make rusty they need to actually do it yeah. Um, execute, yeah. make the recipe. And then once you make it once, you feel a little more confident. You make it a second time, you feel even more confident. So, and doing it with a group where everyone's new, that's also like levels the playing field. Yeah. You're not necessarily embarrassed or you, you don't feel like slow to learn. It's like everyone's coming in it from the same perspective, really, yeah. in that regard. Yeah. So I'm, I think that's like a great place to start, especially if you like want new variety in your recipes. Maybe you cook the same things every week for the last four years, but like, you're ready for something new, something more exciting. Um, you know, maybe you do meal prep, but like you just want some new recipes and like that itself is like a overwhelming task for some people. So absolutely. I just want to point out just to go back to my earlier point when I was talking about like some of the science, like the studies, Mm -hmm. I just want to remind people, cause that's what I hear a lot. It's like, Oh, I'm going to get sick of it. I'm going to get sick of it. Studies have shown that people who meal prep actually have a higher variety of food intake, like meaning they consume a wider variety of foods and with a wider variety means you're getting a wider variety of nutrients, um, amino acids, sorry, not amino acids, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, et cetera. So, you know, variety is key. And if just keep that in mind with meal prep comes variety and, and that may sound backwards, but it's really not because if you actually adhere to these recipes and you're making, you know, this for this week, something different for the following following week, et cetera, et cetera, and so on, then you are, that is variety versus like, I have some frozen nonsense. I'll have this two nights. Then I'll order in from the same place that I like three nights. Like that's not variety. And who knows the kind of quality of food, what kind of oils they're using, this, how much salt they're adding. So 
I mean, meal prep, I'm not going to say it's a cure-all, but it really does solve a lot of problems. Now, meal prep is the new fast food. Yeah. Oh my God. It really is like a healthy, <laughs> convenient. Yeah. I have a question for you. Because mm-hmm. this also all got picky eaters. Kids or adults, you know, not just kids are picky and that's okay. Do you have any go-to tips or recipes or recommendations when people themselves are picky or if they're dealing with a picky eater? So, okay, for like the family that has, let's say, picky eaters, whether it's an adult or the kids, um, the one thing I would say is obviously I would definitely include your family in the planning, like make a family meeting, have dessert over family meeting or make it some sort of tradition that you do every, you know, something you like do. Add it to the routine. Yeah. Add yeah. it to your routine. Friday, like night, Friday night, night movies night. Well, we're also doing meal planning. Yeah. Um, so getting the buy-in from everybody at the table, whether you make the plan and then they can like veto one of the options, but then they have to substitute it with something else that's similar. So if it's like fish and they don't like salmon, then, you know, with fish, it's really easy actually. Cause like if you have one kid that likes salmon and one kid that only likes cod, like that's a very easy thing to make on the same. Yes. Right. So that's why I also like meal prepping like for the week, because if you have kids that or diet, different diets, different things, like you obviously know about them. If you're the cook and the family, you cook to cater to all the different things, right? But you're not standing up during the meal cooking and catering to your kid at that moment. You've done it already. So like if they're if they're not eating the meal that's set for the week, they can if you allow like if you say it's okay, like then you can go into the fridge and get something that's on this shelf that's all meal prep food and we can warm it up and that's what you can have for dinner, right? Or would you like to have taquitos for dinner or would you like to have hamburgers for dinner tonight if whatever you're picking tonight you're gonna have tomorrow right if it's something that they eat but I think just like exposing them again to just different things obviously is helpful but yeah picky eaters is tough but I think like that makes it easy for the parents to just be like okay then well I'll just pull this out and, and give that to you but I'm not making like a mac and cheese at dinner time right yeah I also think it's helpful for kids, again, I don't have kids, but it's helpful for kids to learn if they're making a decision, say you do this, you know, Friday evenings or Saturday evenings, you know, it doesn't, you know, there are times you'll pick something now and maybe you're not in the mood for it come Wednesday. Fine. That's fair. I get it. But in general, it's just, it's another level of responsibility Mm -hmm. and responsible for your decision. So if you say, I'm good with this. And then Thursday rolls around and you're like, never mind. Like, guess what? You chose this. Right. So you um, right. Every family operates differently. But I do think that's another way to help kids learn, you know, just being responsible, plan again, planning for them, planning ahead, what sounds good to them. It's also teaching them variety. Um, exposure. Exactly. It's all in the planning and exposure and it's good for everyone. Yeah. So even if it's, if the zucchini sits on their plate and they're not going to eat it, that's fine. They allowed it to be on their plate. They allowed it to touch the other food. They allowed it to, you know, they were exposed to it, touch it. Um, and also I think like getting them involved in the shopping, like I used to love, obviously I used to love going shopping with my mom Mm -hmm. growing up. I was never really allowed because I always wanted to get like the sugary, delicious cereals that we ate, but, but it was fun. Like, I think, you know, 
if depending on the age of your kid, you can do a scavenger hunt and you can give them like a list, like a, you know, laminated list of things you get every week so they can get familiar with things like that. And they can start seeing things they can read. They start reading labels. Like it's all part of the process. And I think that's what makes it fun for kids and also getting them involved in the cooking, like at prep and party, you'll like, some moms will bring their kids. Some dads will come. Like it's a family affair, you know? I love um, that. So that's for picky eaters. That's fun. One thing too, I want to say just with my dietitian cap on, um, I like how you're, how you are encouraging people to engage kids with the actual grocery shopping, a scavenger hunt. But like these days you can even say like, you can go pick any dessert, but it has to have less than 10 grams of sugar. Like then that gets them reading labels, right. understanding we want to keep sugar limited. Like, of course that, you know, they have to be a certain age, one to read, two to understand what we're doing. But again, it's a way to expose them to labels, understanding that and understanding what goes into some of these products. Yeah. Yeah. I always like when I'm in school, when I like last summer, it was my last summer working and like, I, like I had a picky eater. He, he ate like Sometimes he would eat chicken nuggets or meatballs, but if they were like soggy, he wouldn't eat them. Like it was more of a sensory thing. Mm -hmm. He like, he loved blueberries and broccoli, but if the blueberries were wet, he wouldn't eat them, you know, like, you know, weird things like that. So, you know, he was eating things, but like, sometimes he didn't get any protein or or like if kids are like, oh, this is healthy. I'm like, well, where do you have protein on your, like, we'll talk about like protein, what's protein, you know, things like that. So I think, you know, they know about hydration. They know about, they know about, they're smart. They, it's good to teach them like all those things. Yeah. Yeah. There's things they're aware of. There's things they're not aware of. I mean, I even know some adults that like, they don't like like certain foods touching Mm -hmm. other foods. I mean, that's a real thing. And again, not getting too much into it because this isn't like a one-on-one session, but really that is oftentimes out of control and the need for control. And, you know, it's usually sparked in childhood, but people do feel that sense of control with their food. And like, I don't want it wet. I don't want it touching this. It needs to be cut like this or like the sensory different, you know, sensory things. So those are all like real things that definitely play a role. But again, meal prepping, whether it's you or kids in your household, meal prepping, meal planning helps keep the stress of that to a minimum because you're planning ahead. You're aware of these things and you're thinking of them in advance. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm looking at your questions here. Let's see. I love that. Well, I feel like we touched on a lot. You have your ebook, you have your prep and parties. Yes. Any other, I mean, like I said to everyone, you're going to, I'll have her tagged, everything tagged in the show notes, but you have to go look at Elia's content. There's so much her ebook. Is there anything else before we wrap up you wanted to mention? Yeah. So um, in September, I'm actually, well, I'm doors are open. My, my five month group coaching program called Modern Meal Prep is basically from A to Z, like everything you need to know about meal prep with all the support with like literally 24 seven having me in your apron pocket at all times while you're cooking, while you're shopping, while you're serving, while you're heating up, while you're freezing things, any questions. Um, We'll have a lot of guest coaches. I'm sure you'll come and be a guest coach one day and it's a community and you get the free prep and party for the year and we'll have some zoom meetings, but it's not five months of zoom meetings. Um, it's really like upfront, a lot of education. And then the end of it is really going to be just like practicing the routines, 
forming the habit, learning how to go through life's ups and downs with meal prepping up and downs and just having me by your side the whole time. So that's, we're starting September 7th. Um, and if you want to apply, we'll have the link in the show notes. And if you mention Liz Broder or the Shit Talk podcast, then you can get um, a discount too. So Ooh, we're offering a discount. That's so exciting. Yeah, definitely name drop and um, or DM me and say you heard about it and you want you're interested and I will set you up with the application and then we'll have a chat and see if it's a good fit. But I really love coaching and like just I just want I want people to realize that meal prep is not what they see online. Yeah. And like I don't think that there are many meal prep coaches. There's a lot of dietitians, but even dietitians, like most of them, you know, most of you guys cook and like cook for yourself and know how to cook and obviously like food. Um, but I think, you know, what I teach goes like even beyond that, like how to freeze things, what to Absolutely. freeze, you know, it's a whole other skill set. And like, I'm just cause I'm a dietitian doesn't mean I'm a chef. Like, I can prep food for myself and I'm fine with it, but I don't consider myself like a, you know, oh, I'm a really amazing in the kitchen. Like not at all. Right. You're just like, like I can do it. And I know. Yeah. And I, I look at foods more as like the nutrients I'm getting from them, more like the nerdy science aspect, less of the like artist aspect, like you as a chef, it's, there's an art to it. Like how you prepare it, how you present it. And that's a whole other skill set. Totally. And I, I love that. It's my, it is my creative outlet for sure. Yeah. Good. You're so good at it. Well, this has been a pleasure. I'm so glad you came on shit talk. Um, I will have everything for Elia linked in the show notes for everyone. And don't forget about, you said it was modern meal prep, the new program, the modern meal prep program. And if you mention Liz Broder or the shit talk podcast, you will receive a discount. And also don't forget about her masterclass. How do people, I will link to it, but Tell us a little more about the masterclass coming up. Okay. So the masterclass is called Taking Back Time. It's next Wednesday, um, August 23rd from 12 to 1 Eastern. Um, And we're going to talk about like how time fits into your schedule because I don't want meal prep to be a dreaded chore. I want it to be enjoyable and something achievable for you, no matter what your schedule is like. So we're going to talk about how to fit it into your busy lifestyle and what kind of meal prepper are you? We're going to find out. And then, yeah, it's going to be so fun. I'm really excited. That sounds fun. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you, Elia. And this has been amazing. I can't wait to see the masterclass and all of your, you know, things in the works. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thanks for having me. Of course. You're welcome anytime. (laughs) Bye. Bye.